0: everyone i'm sam
1: hi i'm sean
0: and this is fall risk so hey guys we're back with fall risk uh where we talk about anything and everything skydiving i am your host and today we have the fantastic mr sean kennedy on the podcast what's up man how you doing what's
1: up guys (laughs) i'm great i'm great
0: what have you been up to recently
1: uh, uh skydiving wise i actually have been doing a lot considering it's the winter time in wisconsin uh yeah. but i've been traveling so i've been in mexico i was at the Puerto escondido boogie for a little bit Ice. um last weekend i was in tampa at z hills uh doing some head up big way stuff um actually getting some free fall in normally i'm just swooping but <laughs> wanted to get back to doing some free fall stuff so cool. got some free fall stuff in and uh next Where's weekend a-
0: was that a head-up camp
1: in Florida? Yeah, it was head-up, yeah. yep. Cool, cool,
2: cool. Yep.
1: It was a, a head-up tryout uh, for the Florida state record.
2: Ooh, so, <laughs> yeah. That's cool. But
1: but uh, for me, it was more of a camp because I, I kind of knew that I was probably not going to get an invite to that. But head-up, big way camps are kind of a rare thing. So if I have an excuse to go down there and try and do some 20 ways with people and just learn some stuff, I'm going to do it. So.
0: That's fair. Cool. Yeah. It was nice. Great. Nice. Awesome. I do like your shirt too. Just says parachutes oh. on it. <laughs> like that's all oh it yeah, says.
1: parachutes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I like yeah, that. This is my lounging around the house shirt. I nice. didn't even think about that. Is
0: there anything on the back, or oh, is good. it just, or is it just that? Nope.
1: It's, nope. Just says it's Right to the point.
0: Parachutes. Parachutes.
1: Period. Period. Big that's
0: fan. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. That's all you need to know. Awesome. So, just a really bit, quick bit of history about about uh how i met you um i met you really briefly last fall one day mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like a 20-minute yep. conversation maybe um when i went to visit skydive midwest um but when i started this podcast there were a handful of people who were like you should get this guy on there um having a reference for it which really was really nice because you know i had met you and said hello like you'd seen we'd seen each other face to face um and i remember thinking like yeah this like this guy seems like a really nice dude i um i'll reach out to him you know and uh you said yes without like any hesitation it was like no no second thought in your brain about it you're like yes let's do it (laughs) so so thank you for like to taking this on uh, on a total whim and like talking and donating your time to a complete stranger like that's very nice of you so thank you
1: heck yeah (laughs) if i can talk about skydiving i will so you got me that was an easy yes (laughs) Cool. cool cool
0: uh so shall we get into it you ready sure Cool. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how you got started in skydiving. Like where did you make your first jump? What kind of jump was it? Like, how many jumps do you have these days? Like, you know, just the beginning, the beginning story.
1: Sure. Um, my first jump was a tandem in the summer of 2014. Uh, what had happened was I always knew that I wanted to be skydiving or try skydiving. Um, I grew up racing dirt bikes. I grew up watching Travis Pastrana. And I was like, yep, I know exactly. I wanna base jump. I wanna jump out of airplanes. I wanna be Travis Pastrana. So when I was 17, actually, I bought a gift certificate um, for a tandem skydive at a cancer fundraiser. Hmm. And I thought, okay, maybe if I buy this, I know I can't go till I'm 18, but maybe if I buy this at this fundraiser, they won't know I'm 17. I don't know why I thought that, but uh, <laughs> called down to the drop zone, which was named Atmosphere at the time. Um, and they said no nope you definitely got to be 18. i threw that thing in my drunk drawer in my room and actually forgot all about it until i was 22. oh my god and uh (laughs) i know and a buddy of mine a buddy of mine was like dude you're never gonna believe what i just did what did you do i went skydiving i'm like oh no shit! i have a tandem gift certificate i completely (laughs) forgot about it and i'm like dude where'd you go so he goes oh it's this place called wisconsin skydiving center
2: Mm -hmm. like oh
1: i don't think that's the place i have a gift certificate for so googled it found out that they had actually changed their name from atmosphere to wisconsin skydiving center um so called down i'm like hey i have this old gift certificate you know can i still use it and they said yeah absolutely come on out we'd love to have you went and did my first tandem skydive i think that was august of yeah august of 2014. cool so that was number one yeah you said you wanted to know how many ads I have now. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm like just under 2,000, so I think that's, I have 1,900-something.
0: That's a good chunk yeah. of time in no. what, like eight years? That's pretty good. Is that eight years? Yeah. Yeah, it's eight years.
1: Yep. I didn't get my license until – yeah, I didn't get my license until 2015.
0: Okay. So May
1: of 2015 is when I got my A license. All
0: right, nice. You've been chugging along. That's great. Yeah. Cool. Um,
1: as much what, as you can here in the Great yeah. right White North.
0: Right? Seven months out of the year. Ugh. What type of jump did you do in terms of, like, was it static line or was it AFF? Like, what did you do to begin with to start getting your license?
1: What kind of program? Um, so, at Wisconsin Skydiving Center at the time, it was just two instructor AFF.
2: Okay.
1: All so, right. I started with two instructors, went through the entire AFF program that way. They do it a little different now, actually, but huh. um, I should say we do because now I'm employed there. That's but, cool. But... Uh, um at the time it was two instructor aff
0: okay cool awesome um at what point did you decide this is for me i want to do it i want to like go go the distance
1: uh the first time i landed from my first tandem (laughs) yeah my yeah uh we slid in and i stood up and turned around and looked at my tandem instructor and said how do i do this every day all the time as much as possible i want to do this on my own this is the coolest thing ever. I'm dragging all my friends out here. This is what I've been looking for. And yeah, literally, they have like this little split rail fence. I was running back in my tandem artist. I jumped over the fence and ran right into Manifest and was like, I want another. I want another right now.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Did they yeah. give it to you at a discount? Did they give you like
2: a deal? They on the did.
1: One? Yeah, they do the, nice. yeah, the half off tandem. So I bought another tandem, drug a bunch more of my friends out and uh, did my second tandem. And then when I landed from that, I'm like, dude, I got to do this on my own. Nice. Went awesome. right AFF. Very
2: cool. Very yeah. cool.
0: That's a cool story. I like that. Um, so how was AFF for you? Like, did you
1: get through it really quick? Did, it, did you struggle with it at all? Like, I got through it really quick. Um, I did it in three weeks. And the first weekend, uh, we were weathered out completely. So I did my ground school, was weathered out that entire weekend. And then in, you know, between the following weekend, and then I did a few jumps during the week, and then the weekend after that uh i finished it in 3 weeks um i don't think it came naturally for me but saying that i i didn't fail any of the levels i guess yeah. so actually maybe it did um but it was a roller coaster man like uh it was super mental way more than i thought it was going to be mm-hmm. um it reminded me a lot of racing motocross where um i loved it at my core but then as soon as I got in the airplane or when I was racing dirt bikes, you know, sitting on the, the starting line, my brain was just like, what are you doing? This is so dumb. Like, there's no chance you survive the next minute. This is so ridiculous. It, like, is this even fun? Uh, why are you doing this? And then it's the second you get off the airplane, you know, or the second the gate drops when you're racing motocross, then, yeah, then you're in the uh, flow state. So, yeah. okay. and I, I love that.
0: I like that phrase too, flow state. It's a, it's a great way to I, say it. it
1: for skydiving especially it describes it perfectly yeah that that uh that state where you're not consciously making choices but you're just reacting to what's coming and mm-hmm. yeah that's that's what it's all about
2: mm-hmm.
0: i like that i've heard it described as like a, an animal instinct too like where it's just like you're you're only focusing on what's ex- immediately in front of you and you're not thinking about anything else
1: yeah that's uh that's exactly what it is and that's like now i do aff um and that's one of my favorite challenges is trying to figure out how to get people out of that animalistic brain and move them up until that, that neocortex up there in the front and try to get them to react with their thinking brain and respond and not just react with those, those instincts that don't work so well. Yeah. Oh I mean. man,
0: I wish I would have known that you were this like w- fluent in this. Cause I would have like written up a whole bunch of different questions to ask you about how the brain works <laughs> and how all this, all the, all the synapses uh, fly or, like, uh fire off together and what what uh reacts to what like oh man
2: oh yeah
1: i i nerd out on that yeah God. I, I, I love that stuff um but all i do is just repeat things that i've been told by someone else so i mean isn't, that, isn't maybe, that what we all do maybe, come on yeah maybe i'm not that fluent i'm just good at repeating it
0: <laughs> you have the information and that's all that matters um yeah all right Okay, cool. Um, so you talked a little bit about how you had your AFF rating. Do you also have your tandem rating or a demo?
1: I have every rating. I have every rating except for tandem. Oh wow! why. I know. Why, why is that? So from very early on, um, I was very into canopy piloting. Uh, I knew that I wanted to swoop. Um, that had been my focus. Free flying and canopy piloting have really been my focus since I had about two hundred fifty jumps and i didn't think that there was enough weekends here in wisconsin for me to give up any of my time and fly a tandem rig um and also it looked like work to me um, my, my my how i feel about that is kind of, it's kind of changed over the time like uh i'm actually starting to get that desire to get my tandem rating i'm just trying to figure out when and how i can give up some of my beautiful wisconsin weekends here to you know, to fly tandems, um, I, it's it almost feels like my my level swooping has gotten to the point where I could take some jumps off and jump different equipment and jump right back into it. But um, just when you're flying at a super high level or, you know, when you're purposely inducing speed, I felt like to keep it, to keep that dangerous activity as safe as I could, I, I didn't want to take any time off uh, from doing it and I wanted to be super current Mm -hmm. Uh, on my own gear
2: so that's fair
1: and i felt i I absolutely fell in love with shooting tandem video Uh, i feel like i can get almost as much out of tandem video as i can uh, you know actually taking the person so i really dedicated my life to that and then it served two purposes there i could you know practice swooping and i could get that reward of you know taking a stranger through this life-changing experience
2: yeah
0: that's fair uh I've been doing tandems for a really long time now. Um, it's been almost a decade now. Uh, it is tons of hard work. You're not wrong there.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: it is hard on your body. Um, in my opinion, I think it's more about the money for a lot of people than it is about like the experience, like giving a good experience to people. Don't get me wrong, like very much about giving a good experience to people, but I think it's mostly about like it's the money generator for working
1: working skydivers. So. It, it does seem that way for some people, and that's also one thing that turned me off from it uh, in the beginning was I could see the people that were in it for that reason,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I never wanted to be in having for that reason, yeah. um, but what I've realized is, you know, I've met Tano instructors now that are doing it the right way, yeah. um, and they're super passionate about taking a stranger through an experience like this mm-hmm. um, and using it to make their life overall better. and when i see instructors that can do that that's super inspiring to me because that's the kind of tandem instructor that you know that intrigues me a lot more than just giving somebody what looked like a carnival ride in the beginning you know Mm -hmm. Um, but when you see what people are actually doing with tandems and how they're making people's lives better that that really Makes me interested in uh, getting my tandem ring.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, it's it can be a life changing thing if you allow it to be. I think um, when I did my first tandem uh, way back in the day, I was already working at the drop zone in Manifest. Um, they took me up and they were like, "Oh yeah, you get you get a free tandem like for working here or
1: for you do it for slots." <laughs> yeah, like, of okay, course.
0: Sure, let's do it. I was every 18. Manifest
1: chick gets dragged on a tandem. Yeah, of course. Several.
0: I got dragged yeah. on several before it ended up being a <laughs> an AFF jump. Um, no, I was 18 years old, no life experience, didn't have any clue, like had really no intention to skydive, like really no mm-hmm. interest. And they took me up on that first jump and I'm like, all right, fuck manifest. Like I would yep. love to be like working in this and do it and doing this. So it can change your life, you know, that one experience.
1: Oh um, yeah. Look out, bitches. I got a goal now. <laughs> oh
0: yeah. <laughs> yep. Or a shirt. So that can yeah. definitely be the really rewarding thing. Um, you know, uh when you when you think about tandems, but it also can if you don't have the right mindset, it can suck your soul out of your body <laughs> if you're not careful. So I feel
1: like yeah, I feel like that's life, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: I feel like that might be a metaphor for a lot more than just doing tandems. <laughs> that's yes,
0: you are absolutely <laughs> correct. What do you do outside of skydiving for work, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Uh yeah, unfortunately I do have a big boy job too. Um I am a master electrician. Okay. Um, but I am self-employed, so I own my own company. So um i run around playing electrician when i'm not skydiving
0: all right nice um um what kind of hobbies do you like to do outside of skydiving like what do you oh, oh god uh
1: um
2: oh. <laughs> are Is you there anything
1: outside of skydiving no i'm just yeah. kidding um you know i i'm an active dude so i like to work out i like to run uh-huh. um I have a dog who is my total baby. So um, I pheasant hunt with her uh, almost every weekend in the winter. Um, Grew up training dogs and and hunting too. So still do a little bit. Oh,
0: wait. Okay. So what kind of training? So I have been for the last two years, I've been working as like an obedience dog trainer in the winters. Um, no out kidding. Here? okay. Yeah. So like, tell me more
1: about this. I want to hear more about
0: just for just a little bit. We're going to <laughs> okay. deviate. from Skydiving. tell we'll, me a little we'll
1: breaking quick. Yeah. So my parents raise and breed labs okay. um, and train labs, or they did, they just retired. Um, but my whole life, uh, they were raising breeding and training labs mm-hmm. uh, for hunting. So my first job as a little kid, uh, was throwing bumpers and ducks, uh, okay. for the dogs and helping train. Um, and shooting blank shotguns around the dogs and trying to get them used to, uh, the noise of a shotgun Mm -hmm. and training them to retrieve birds, training them to pheasant hunt. Um, so I've done tons of dog training throughout my life, but mainly all for, uh, like field trials and pheasant hunting and upland hunting, a little bit of duck hunting, but, um, mainly like upland pheasant hunting and yeah. Retrieving marks for, for their little competitions
0: this might sound like a, like a silly question, but I I don't really have a lot of, um, experience outside of just basic obedience training. Like I don't deal with Mm -hmm. reactive dogs. I don't deal with aggressive dogs. I do like trick training and like basic obedience stuff. Right. Um, I just started getting into like the therapy world for like therapy dogs, um, not service animals, but therapy, uh, animals. Um, but I have a couple of clients who are putting their dogs through obedience training right now, with the intent to send them to a facility for hunting, like hunting training. Um, I'm not exactly okay. sure what kind, um, but I I assume it has a lot. It's going to have something to do with birds, like
1: bird. That would be the unless they're like a, a hound, you know that you could be they could be training them to tree.
0: No, this animals, is these but more are than like, likely. These are like Springer Spaniels. They're like okay, they're yeah, not, then yeah,
1: more than likely upland hunting. Yeah,
0: okay. Um, so what is that process like? Do people send their dogs to facilities for like a, a long period of time, or is it, or is it something more like what you guys were doing? Where you did you only train puppies and like desensitize puppies, or was it more of like a um, like you took in adolescent dogs and trained them for what for the type of work they were going to be doing?
1: So, the answer is yes to all of Got those. It. All no, right. So, um, there were several things. You know, my dad would keep some dogs in house that were client dogs and they'd send them for two, three months and he would go out and work with them every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents, they own a farm too. So, he'd go out and work on them at our farm um, and teach them to retrieve marks and stuff, uh, okay. get them doing the basics. Um, but their big thing that they did, what they tried to promote the most. Was also training the person mm-hmm. because when you train the person, you know, then you can train your own dog. And a lot of training with the dog, if you're not training the person, it, it's all for nothing. So, um, what they did was classes. They would have dog training classes Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, Thursday nights, Friday nights. Uh, we grew, grew up really close to a game farm that had uh, ponds that were intentionally made for dog training. Okay. So, they would meet over there uh the people would sign up for classes and come every tuesday night or whatever Um, and they would have like a beginner intermediate and advanced level training and they would train the dog as well as the person on how to train your dog and even just how to interact with your dog how to give your dog commands how to Mm -hmm. um appropriately use a shock collar um you know things like that yeah so it was it was yes to all of that and uh, i would say mainly the dogs were between six months old and two years old um and you could get those dogs to the level that uh most people would require they're not doing crazy stuff but uh, my parents traveled around the united states doing competitions um and the things that they could get these dogs and the level they could get them to is insane
0: yeah, I bet. Oh, that's cool. I could talk about this like till I'm blue in the face. So <laughs> I know. Yeah. We gotta be, we gotta be careful. To forest, where
1: we talk about dog training. Dog training. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Anyway. All right. We're gonna get back on the track. <laughs> on the dog training track, uh, onto the skydiving one. What other kind of hobbies? You talked about you talked about how you grew up. Um I know you mentioned motocross. Like what else are you into outside of skydiving? Y-
1: yes. Uh, I grew up racing dirt bikes. So I've pretty much given it up. Uh, for skydiving uh, I sold all of my dirt bikes to buy gear <laughs> um, but you know I still like to snowboard so I snowboard too uh, if I'm actually in Wisconsin in the winter I try not to be as much as possible but when I'm around I'll snowboard um, yeah other other than that I mean skydiving has really become my primary focus and then uh, owning my own company this kind of takes up a majority of everything else. So, I
0: mean, um, that's pretty great. Congratulations, by the way, about owning your own company.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> it's
0: kind of a, I mean, does it free up more time for you or are you still just as busy just in a different it way? It
1: does. You have to be disciplined with it, you know, because, um, especially in my job right now, um, it's super busy. So if you want to work 24 seven, you could definitely be working 24 seven. And, uh, like me i have my office at my house so it Mm -hmm. kind of always feels like you're at work type of thing Mm -hmm. and you have to be very disciplined with your time and when it's 6 p.m i'm not taking any more phone calls i don't care who's texting me we're not doing it i'm i'm done with work now you know so that part but the fact that someone can call me and go hey in april we're going to z hills and i don't have to think about it i can just go yeah i'm going um that part has been the ultimate reward, and that was what I was after. In the decision to go work for myself, for me, it, it wasn't about the money or anything. It was just about the fact that last last year I took twelve weeks of vacation or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't have to ask permission.
0: Yeah, that's cool, man. Living the life. Yep. Living the life.
1: Trying. <laughs> Trying.
0: <laughs> someday, someday, some of us will get there. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I believe you. Uh, <laughs> thanks. All right. Uh, what is your favorite thing about skydiving?
1: Ooh. Yeah. Um, without a doubt, I feel like skydiving is a trap for cool people. I feel (laughs) like the people that come into skydiving and stay in skydiving are the people that I get the most out of being around. So, um, you know, people could be a lawyer or they could, sell drugs but when we're all skydiving or we're all the drop zone together i can just tell that our personalities are meant to be hanging out together i feel the most you know i have the deepest conversations on the drop zone mm-hmm. and i get the most connection out of talking to people at the drop zone i feel like i can be my my true self around everybody at the drop zone so yeah. without a doubt uh, for me uh, the people of skydiving have, have kept me in skydiving more than anything else. I mean, I really like that. It's really hard. Um, and that there's always something you can get better at. Yeah. And as, as someone who likes, uh, checking boxes and trying to see how good I can get, um, and just staying dedicated that, that part is awesome. But the fact that it coincides with, uh, hanging out with cool people that that's without a doubt my favorite part.
0: Yep. Uh- I like this thing you just said about how you have your deepest conversations on the drop zone. Like it, I don't know if people realize it. Uh, Maybe they, I mean, it it is not at the forefront of my mind a lot, but like your walls are down a lot when you're at the drop zone. You know, like the walls that you would put up with your coworkers or with even family members sometimes, you know, Um, you know, those boundaries or whatever. A lot of those, a lot of times, sometimes those fall away without you even realizing it. it's cause just the atmosphere that you're in you know, like the amount of trust you have to put in people, it, it kind of, you know, makes that stuff fade away without you realizing it.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. You, and uh, yeah, it just doesn't leave any room for bullshit. You can be yourself. And I, I really like that. And also because you're coming into the conversation uh, with someone who's completely different from you mm-hmm. with the understanding that you both love each other because you're skydivers, like you yeah. have something in common. So you know, if you're at the bar talking to a stranger, you're not starting on the the pre-deposition that you both love the same thing, you know? Okay. So that allows you to connect with someone and talk about things other than that, but just know that you can always fall back on the fact that you know we're both Scott Evers and we love this so much and it, yeah. it's something that you can't explain with words to people, so it just makes for better conversations.
0: Yeah, I I I totally agree. Um I think the reason I ask people this question and I like it when they answer this. Cause it's, it's like, I like kind of breaking down why this community is the way it is. You know, I like yep. kind of e- exploring that more and fleshing out, like really, like, I don't want to talk about, like, say it, I don't want to say it like this, but for lack of a better word, like the psychology behind this community, <laughs>
1: dude, I, as you were talking, as you were talking, I was about to say, or I was thinking, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a kind of a self-taught psychology nerd and psychology is super interesting to me and that's also one thing that i really really enjoy with skydiving especially for me shooting tandem video is the psychology aspect of trying to make this stranger's experience better Mm -hmm. um just even i figured out how i like how i sit in the airplane uh talking in a really calm and smooth like radio dj voice to this person (laughs) just trying to relax my my arms and my limbs and not be fidgeting around, not be touching my cameras. But you know, even just seeing that cause the person to relax and take a deep breath. And I tell them, hey, take a deep breath with me, let's do this. And, and I love that. It's so fascinating to see someone who could have been a couch potato or maybe it's been 30 years since they were a teenager and they've yeah. done something where their adrenaline was pumping through their veins. And then now you're gonna go through this experience with them. And you get to experience it with a clear head. Yeah. And you get to watch them go through that crazy fog of adrenaline and
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean how Does cool? that ever
0: does that ever translate over for AFF to you too? Like at all, like that problem solving behavior a little bit where you're trying to figure out because everyone learns differently, right? Like sometimes if you take a real a really military esque like approach to teaching a student, you know, um, where you just tell them this is what we're gonna do you know like this is this is how we're going to uh handle this and like this is what you're going to do step by step by step and like tell them what to do or for the people that need you to hold their hand a little bit more you know and kind of like coddle them through the exit uh getting out of the plane or uh people who you can tell are on the verge of like panicking and like you have to change the tone of your voice and the word the words that you're choosing to say to kind of bring them down and de-escalate like whatever is happening to them do you ever apply that same
2: Oh,
1: yeah. That's my favorite part of AFF. Oh, absolutely. Mine too. Mine (laughs)
2: too.
1: Oh, oh my God. I love it. I mean, what you learn about. Okay. If you had told me eight years ago that I would be. My favorite thing that I'd be doing would be teaching and trying to figure (laughs) out how to use a sewing machine. I would have been like, what are you talking about? But yes, teaching AFF. I mean, what you learn about yourself and just the psychology of you're trying to explain and teach someone how to do something that is completely against their instincts during a time where their body is fully convinced that they're going to die and you can't talk to each other. And all you can use is hand signals. I mean, it's the ultimate lesson in psychology and teaching. And uh, it's absolutely fascinating. I, when I got into skydiving, it was to be rad and do cool (laughs) shit. And I never thought that I would, nerd out and get a psychology lesson uh and i mean frankly learn a lot about myself along the way that was completely unexpected
0: mm-hmm. i feel you man so, it is yeah, it is it is so, so cool it's such a cool it's not a game but it's such a cool world to live in you know of like it's definitely a game
1: i think it's a game or at least <laughs> in my brain it helps me to think of it as a game yeah uh, it gives me objectives it, it gives me um yeah, it makes me want to get better because yeah. I want to be good at the game.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on. <laughs> uh, where is your favorite place to fly
1: that you've been? Oh, you mean just like skydiving in general?
0: Sure. Fly, indoor tunnel, whatever, window skydiving, whatever.
1: Oh, uh, well, I haven't flown in very many indoor tunnels. Uh, but my favorite one I've been in would probably, man, it's been like two and a half, years. it's been like two years since I've even been in a tunnel. So man, I would i would just have to say I fly Naperville and not because, yeah. uh, not for any reason, except for that's where all my friends fly. And uh, you know, they, they have those windows that open, you can look out uh, at night and they would turn off all the lights and you'd fly in the dark with just the cool tunnel lights on and stuff. Uh, so, flying there was epic. Uh, cool. And just because of the people that I'm flying with, and yeah, I'm not good enough in the tunnel really to be able to, like, oh, this one's got a big door burble or this one's <laughs> real fast by the net, you know, I'm whatever. They all yeah. feel like a tunnel to me. Flying mm-hmm. in the the Arizona tunnel was kind of cool because it was non recirculating. So, that felt a lot more like actual skydiving to me, where it's bumpy and you're getting kind of mm-hmm. tossed around a little bit. And I thought that was super fun. Uh, okay. But it's cold as shit.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, especially at night, right? Especially yes. the the PM hours, like yeah. And, the, and when I get in there,
1: yes, I was, what I was about to say when I get in there, the dude had his wrist taped up, and I'm like, "What's up with that?" And he goes, "The bees." Yeah. I'm like the bees. Yep. What the fuck do you mean, the bees? Yep. <laughs> yeah. They come ripping through the tunnel. I'm like mm-hmm. oh my god.
0: Hmm. Um. What about like drop zones? Where Where do you like to go? What's your favorite place? What do you think?
1: Uh, without a doubt, my favorite place is is home. Wisconsin skydiving center, uh, that jump in there makes me the most happy. So easy answer. Um, but I've, I've jumped in some really beautiful spots, so Mm -hmm. it would be tough to rank them, but, um, man, I think skydive Hawaii would, skydive Hawaii is insane. I mean, you're deploying lower than the mountains and you're also falling over a coral reef, like it's pretty insane. Can Can
0: you see the coral reef? from above like can you see it from up top uh
1: you can see like the different like the changes in the color in the water and stuff and like when the waves go out you can make make it out um but yeah I mean it looks insane you're right there on that point and it's just beautiful and sunshine and then big green beautiful mountains right off to your side yeah like I said you're deploying about about the mountaintops maybe a little Mm -hmm. above but it's just an insane visual it's so good
0: that's cool. Um, where do you want to go, though? Like if there's one spot in the world that you wish you could do a jump, like over, where would you want to go?
1: I want to do the the Egypt jump the pyramids thing. I mean, dude, to to swoop, <laughs> to swoop one of the yeah. seven wonders of the world. Yes. Count me in. So, it's, <laughs> yeah, I've seen all the videos and pictures Kurt's posting swooping along the pyramid. and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. you lucky son of a bitch. I want to do that so bad. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's definitely on my list. Um, they've jumped into a couple really cool places in Egypt. He was showing me pictures and videos of that. I would absolutely think that would be awesome. I just want Scott having to take me to places that I never would have thought about or mm-hmm. never would have been able to make it to uh, without it. You know, so anytime yeah. that I hear about something possibly coming up where we're going somewhere uh, exotic, I'm I'm in. I whatever I got to do to do that. Um, I'm in. Um, okay. Yeah. There's, there's some cool stuff in the works actually that, man, I really hope it happens.
0: Cool. I can't wait to, I can't yeah. wait to hear about it. All right. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's safe to say that canopy piloting is probably your favorite discipline within the world of skydiving. Is that, would that be accurate?
2: Yes. Uh,
1: discipline wise canopy piloting and free fly big ways. I okay. love free fly big
2: ways.
0: Cool. That's pretty neat. Why do you like um I mean we've heard why you like the, the canopy piloting so much, but why do you like the big ways? Why do you like uh free-flight big waves so much?
1: It uh it allows me to access that same AFF student mindset of you know, I'm really nervous again, uh the performance pressure is huge. Um, you know, the visual of flying up to a big wave vertical formation is one of those things where if you can take a snapshot in that moment and not just be completely goal-oriented and Mm -hmm. go look at what the hell i'm seeing through my own eyes Mm -hmm. you know especially on exit you're leaving and looking up at five otters and a sky van you Mm -hmm. know and all the people pouring out of it um or even just when you're in the formation and it finally comes together and gets real quiet and flies uh, and you just know that it happened yeah that's I just haven't found an experience that is like that. I mean, it's just so in the moment. And so like, you've got to perform, you know, it, it's, and you're working together as a team. And then when it comes together, everybody's just freaking stoked when you land it's.
0: Man, I can't wait to like, start throwing um, like some time and money at stuff like that in the, the next uh, year or so. Like
2: man, yep. it
0: sounds baller it seems like the next evolution that i should start trying to make i don't know it's just i'm very i'd recommend it (laughs) i'm envious of people that have had the chance to because it's kind of like we were talking about earlier where there's a trade-off for like um working in skydiving and being able to play in skydive like when you work in skydive kind of a hard balance like it's sometimes difficult to balance working in skydiving especially if you come from a seasonal place like because you're trying to work 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 in all that time instead of like devoting time to goals like orient oriented stuff um it's hard to balance it but at least for me it's like i gotta figure out how to balance these better otherwise i'm gonna get really burned out doing one thing and only one thing you like and only that thing and not have fun with this anymore so
1: i totally i understand that i again and super spoiled with the drop zone that I come from because they have some full-time staff people and then they have people like me who are locals where I you know I'll literally text the DZO's wife hey these are my available days or these Mm -hmm. are my available weekends that I can be there and she'll say all right see you this day see you this day see you this day and then I can work around and be able to work one in the sport one weekend and then the next Mm -hmm. weekend go do big ways and yeah I'm very spoiled that way and I know I yes I'm Like we've talked about, there's only so many sunny days in Mm -hmm. Wisconsin, so you gotta, you gotta, especially if you're relying on that for your income, Mm -hmm. you got to make hay while the sun shines, as they say. Right?
0: Well, (laughs) I think what would be nice is to figure out something else that makes me as passionate, you know, as skydiving instruction does, so that I can shift out of this. And yeah. Spend more time year round working at something else. I just haven't figured out whatever that is, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so day. might be Someday.
2: training dogs.
0: <laughs> might It might be, I don't know. I've got a lot of, I mean, not to talk too much about me, but, um, I've got a lot of different interests, you know,
1: do what makes you happy. I love it. We'll yeah. See. We, uh, <laughs> we, this is this last, uh, summer we shot a short film at, at our DZ and I actually got to Wear a real camera on my head and nice. go do some, yeah, film with like one of those super high end cameras strapped to my camera helmet and mm-hmm. shoot a short film. And it was super fun. Super nice. fun. Was it heavy? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It was one of those like, I'm about to deploy, put my hand under my chin, yeah. throw my pilot shoot situation. Yep. yep.
0: Like, just look down.
1: Just look, just look
0: 45. Just 45. Yes, 45, exactly. 45. <laughs> yep. Come
1: on, Valkyrie. Don't fail me now, baby.
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool.
1: Cool. Cool. All
0: right. Let's transition it. Let's, let's move uh, into a different area. So swooping, you're really into it. You're really into inducing speed. Can it be, can it be uh, piloting? Um, tell me a little bit about how that started, when that started at what point in your skydiving career, like you really started to go full tilt into it.
1: You got it. Yeah. So um, it started for me on jump 50 okay and and not because i started inducing speed then but because i took my first flight one canopy course
2: nice uh, when
1: i had 50 jumps so shannon pilcher came up to wisconsin skydiving center nice Um, our dzo wanted to bring a flight one instructor up there to do like a basic canopy course Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: he was the first person that after he taught our canopy course uh, i watched him do a big turn and swoop into the landing area and i went holy shit that's the thing you know, (laughs) no one at our 182 drop zones doing that. Um, so that was the first person I saw do that. And that really lit a fire under my ass to try to figure out how that works. And then I'm watching, you know, at the time it was, I don't remember if you remember, I love skydiving when that Mm -hmm. was like a huge thing on social media. So that was when I was going through AFF and I spent, watched every swooping video they had on there and Mm -hmm. watched all the videos of back in the day, like the pro swoop tour and nationals and, was like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm coming from racing dirt bikes, doing freestyle motocross. I'm like, this is for me, I, I want that speed and you know, flying a real fast parachute like that. And then what happened was um, a guy from South Africa came to work at our drop zone and he was a pro rated canopy pilot uh, flying a Petra. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: watching him swoop was mind blowing. And I started asking him tons of questions. Um, and through a random series of events he ended up living with me um for an entire summer like uh from when i had like 200 jumps maybe to 400 jumps probably in that range and that was where um you know i would come home every single weekend and he was working at skydive midwest i was still jumping at wisconsin skydiving center um and i would just show him videos that people took me landing and he would debrief with me and You know, told me the fundamentals and also told me to slow the hell down. Um, He was like, do you want to get good quick or do you want to become one of the best in the long run? And I said, I want to become one of the best in the long run. How do I do or how do I do that? And he laid it out for me like, you know, I would do this. I would do this. Um, Don't progress too fast. You're going to hinder your performance in the long run. Learn to get the most out of the parachute you're flying that you can before you downsize. And when you think you're ready, you're probably still not ready. Stay on it for another 50 jumps. Um, yeah. And you'll realize that you're going to be able to get more out of the turn you're doing uh, with, with the big parachute you're flying. And it totally worked. Uh, and it helped me. So that was kind of when I knew I wanted to get into it. Was All right. First watching Shannon and then uh, living with, his name was Alexis, living with Alexis. Nice.
0: So it was like really, really early on.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: All right. Cool. Uh, so what's the latest event you went to? Which category did you compete in?
1: Uh, swooping you're talking about? Yeah. I was. It was a freestyle meet uh, in December down at Sebastian.
0: How are they structured? Does everybody do exactly the same category or are there different subcategories in a comp- competition like that? How does it work?
1: In freestyle? Um, no. There are several... So, Freestyle is kind of hard to explain mm-hmm. right off the bat. And also I'm very new to freestyle. Um, okay. So that was my second ever freestyle competition. So bear with me, swoopers who are <laughs> listening. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, um, you. There's certain moves. They all have a degree of difficulty and that mm-hmm. degree of difficulty, how smooth you perform it and how well you execute it according to the description of the the trick. Um, gives you a, a score. Um, and so there's also three classes. There's beginner, advanced, and and pro, uh, at least in the competition we were doing. And um, this was kind of a test event too. This was a six-round freestyle meet. Freestyle meets are typically three rounds, uh, like nationals, it's three rounds.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, you have to declare an A move or a B move. And then before you take off, you have to tell the judges, I'm going to do either my A trick or my B trick. And then they judge you on your performance uh, of the trick that you declare you're gonna do. So you okay. do that for six rounds. And in the beginning, you have to start with a lower degree of difficulty and work your way up to where in the end you can do combinations and higher degrees of difficulty and um, you know try to figure out the math on how to outscore everybody else, so.
0: okay interesting cool 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 uh that sounds very complicated
1: yeah freestyle gets kind of tricky it's super fun uh but the and actually the the they're trying to make it more simple that's why the the event that i just did was kind of considered a test event okay um and they flew in some af or fai yeah fai judges from germany and from all over to see how this event would go and see how they could make it easier and more understandable for the competitors like i said i'm really new to this like as far as competing in freestyle goes or just competing in canopy piloting in general really Mm -hmm. um and so i don't know how it used to go but it seemed like there was always some sort of contention in freestyle as far as the scoring and who scored what and blah 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 all right
0: um what what other categories do you compete in then like what else are you interested in besides just freestyle
1: uh so the main one that i compete in is just canopy piloting so traditional cp okay um and that uh consists of three rounds or i should say three this would be three disciplines speed distance Mm -hmm. and zone accuracy um Mm -hmm. that would be like a traditional canopy competition Okay. um uh if you ever seen the videos of people flying through a curved course uh-huh. that is speed and okay. it is exactly as the name implies it's how fast can you break the laser at gate one remain in the course and break the laser at gate five on on the exit um distance is again self-explanatory break the yep. laser at gate one uh if you're in the pros you have to drag water before gate one you have to stay under 50 meter gate. And then after that, you can climb and go as far as you want. Um, and then zone accuracy, uh, might be what more people think of when they think of, uh, like swooping, you're actually dragging your toes on the water and you score a certain amount of points based on where you drag your foot through certain points on the water. And mm-hmm. then you're trying to land in a grid system of points, uh, up on the land in the peepit. pit.
0: That is the most comprehensive uh, explanation of how fucking swoop competition works.
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> I know. Yeah.
0: I've been in this for 14 years. It's got for 14 years now. And i that's the first time anyone's ever like broken it down in such a very clear, concise, like manner. Thank you. I appreciate that. That was very
1: nice you. yeah you're welcome that's why i'm here <laughs> yeah so you, you score you score points in each one of those and then you end up with a cumulative score at the end mm-hmm. uh there's some algorithm math that happens there they put it in the spreadsheet and spits out a score for you and then you get an overall meet score okay uh, based on all of those
0: cool 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 um what kind of parachute or what kind of wing are you rocking these days at competitions
1: um so all of last year, I competed on a Valkyrie 79 Hybrid. Um, I just got a Peregrine 71. Uh Yeah, yeah. So I'm going full <laughs> sail. Uh, super exciting.
2: Yep. Um,
1: so this year, I'll be competing on that. But uh, my main wing that I jump every day, and uh, that I was competing on all of last year, was a 79 Valkyrie.
0: All right. How did the uh, Peregrine treat you? That was, the, that was the first time I met you. It was like, I was watching you swap this canopy that's out. right yeah, yeah that's
1: right that's right yeah that was my first ever uh skydive on that on a peregrine uh it's awesome i only have seven jumps on it so i haven't really you know built the trust in it to where i'm gonna huck it at the ground mm-hmm. uh, as aggressively as i hope to but man it's wicked dude the thing is <laughs> i mean they're so fast it's awesome i mean it's a jet plane it's so cool so yeah it's a fighter jet I'm you really do. excited to learn it and go fast.
0: All right. I like that. Can't wait to see yeah. what happens. It's going to be great. I know. I know. What kind of training, besi- like you've talked a little bit about it, but is there been any like specialized training that you've done for this kind of journey you've been on besides just, you know, picking people's brains and like having people watch you and like, have you gone to any events? Have you gone to any place that like really left a mark? Like what kind of what kind of training do you do on a regular
1: basis to keep yourself trim for this?
0: I guess, I guess it's like, yeah. Yeah.
1: So the biggest thing is currency. So Mm -hmm. just remaining current in flying your parachute and having to, you know, think in 3d and look at that side picture is the most important thing. Other than that, I mean, my philosophy was always, I would seek out people who were, who were where I wanted to get to, and I would get coaching from them, or I would hound them until they would help me and coach me. So <laughs> I I sought out uh, personal coaching, and um, that really worked out well. Uh, also, when you start competing, um, the day before competition at every FLCPA meet, they have a pro coach who coaches people for the day for free. So I've gotten a bunch of coaching that way. Um, and realistically, I've learned more at competitions than i have in all of my coaching just going there and being around high level people and doing a run and having people just come up to you and you know give you pointers and stuff
2: Mm -hmm. the the
1: really really cool part about canopy piloting and especially competing in canopy piloting is it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter where you're from you show up you score the points or you don't score the points Mm -hmm. so there's no there's very little hostility there's very little like bickering and, you know, behind the back of other people. It's super inclusive and super like everybody's trying to help each other because it's very apparent if you scored or you didn't score. It's not subjective. Mm-hmm. Like I found in big ways, sometimes you'd go to the tryout events and that you could almost cut the tension with a knife because yeah. it's a subjective thing and people are, they're choosing people, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, canopy piloting is not like that. So, okay. I've gotten right. lots of pointers there
0: good 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 all right um do you have any other advice for any other canopy pilots that are maybe a little bit newer to this or a little bit younger like about where to go to to start like journeys of their own like do you have do you have any other advice beyond what we've already touched on um yeah i mean like help people
1: i'm going to be talking to the people that have already gotten to the point where they know they can safely swoop um not the super beginner people who are just starting to induce speed Mm -hmm. uh, because we talked we kind of touched on that a little bit already but um if you are to the point where you know you're you're doing turns safely and consistently uh and you wanted to enter your first competition i mean we run a midwest canopy piloting association uh little three round or uh three series meet dealio at at midwest and that was where i did my first canopy piloting competition and i highly recommend uh maybe people come check that out because it's super low pressure uh we structure it exactly like an actual canopy meet uh we have all of the like gates and buoys and everything you need um florida canopy piloting association they are very nice they let us use their spreadsheets and software uh to run it exactly like a real competition, and you will learn a shit ton before you have to you know put yourself under the pressure of doing a meet in front of a bunch of pros or mm-hmm. uh, in front of a bunch of people. So I would say check out local meets. Um, I know that um pretty much any drop zone that has a pond, there's gonna be someone there who's either training or um, competes already, you know, mm-hmm. seek those people out and you know get advice from them try to jump with them, try to do hop and pops when they're doing hop and pops. I mean, I haven't met anybody who competes in CP that isn't going to watch people swoop and try to help them get better. Mm -hmm. So, um, seek those people out. If you're not from a drop zone uh, that has a pond, um, like I know, like all you guys out in California, there's not much out there, but um, there's some guys at Elsinore who are running canopy courses and they're doing, you know, swoop night and canopy night and all that jazz. So, seek those guys out, try to learn from them and
2: Have fun. Okay,
1: cool. Good,
0: good to know. Um, Where do you personally want to go with this, like, with this journey moving forward?
1: Uh, My goal is to make the U.S. Canopy Piloting Team. Uh, So now that I am competing in pro this upcoming season, uh, if you place, it's in a certain percentage. You place in a certain percentage, but I I know last year was the top 12 slots in open. They call it Mm -hmm. open at nationals. Uh, you earn a slot on the U S canopy piloting team uh, to go compete for the U S at worlds. So nice. I'm going to keep training until I make that team.
0: Okay. Good luck, man. Like What's the plan the sky's <laughs> the limit. Literally dude.
1: Yeah. I hope so. Listen. We'll see. It's a, here's the thing is no matter what, it's fun as shit, like getting together and flying parachutes with your buddies. How good? Like we're out here, we're having fun. We're going fast. It's great. <laughs> I mean, i at the end of the day, if I don't do as good as I want to do, I have an excuse to go to Florida. I have an excuse to go to Arizona. Mm-hmm. I have an excuse to fly wherever and jump out of airplanes with my friends. Like, yeah. it's the coolest thing ever.
0: If you could talk to your younger jumper self, what kind of advice would you give him?
1: Um, I would say, whew, there's a lot I would tell myself, but um, I would say try to enjoy the spot that you're in more. Um, I've you know, since I was super goal oriented, and was always looking towards, I want to fly my head, I want to do this big a turn, I want to fly this parachute. Um, I didn't take as much time to enjoy where I was at, as much as I should have, Mm -hmm. and even enjoy the people that I was jumping with at that time, um, as much as I could have, just Mm -hmm. knowing that at some point, they might not be jumping, Um, life is going to change. And I wish I would have taken it in a little more
0: yeah that's fair stop and smell the roses right
1: and stop and smell the roses guys
0: <laughs> you sounded like you were from minnesota when you Come said on, roses. <laughs> <bug>. <laughs>
2: smell
1: the roses
0: ah that's great all right uh do you want to do you want to play a game really quick love games okay cool this is called 20 questions <laughs> oh shit uh so Isn't that what we're doing yeah right <laughs> Um, only, uh, we're going to try and decide or figure out what the other person wanted or the other person is. Okay. So I, um, if you yes. want to play two rounds where I try and guess you like what you are, that's totally fine. We can definitely do that.
1: Okay. What do you, what do you mean by yeah, like so, what they are?
0: Yeah. yeah. So okay, here, give me here, an example. Here's the rules, right? So you have to pick an item or something it. on the drop zone or at the tunnel, mm. but it's strictly skydiving related. So it can't be like a can of diet Coke you know, that you would find on the drops. It can't be something like that. Like that's too broad spectrum. We need to think about, or I want you to pick something that directly has to do with skydiving specifically, um, or okay. flying specifically, but it could literally be anything. It could be something in the plane. It could be something on the ground outside the hangar. It could be, uh, it could be, a uh, um, part of your gear. It could be, um, a tiny little piece of your gear. It doesn't necessarily have to be your main parachute or your reserve parachute. Um, for example, these are ones that I've used on other episodes already. I used the aerial. Okay. The ground yep. Aerial. Yep. I've used packing tool, before i've used packing weight i've done things like uh someone said a gopro camera that was an easy one um somebody said an audible um that was an easy one uh there are like a handful of others here uh, i think i did the sim at one point i did earplugs for somebody else like something that has to do with skydiving it doesn't have to be obvious if you don't want it to be it could be very specific. Um, and you have 20 questions, figure out what it is. The only thing I, Holy the, only, shit. the only thing I have to, um, the only real rule besides that is that ahead of time, you have to establish if it's something you're going to find specifically only at the drought zone or only at the tunnel.
1: I see. Okay. Yep.
0: But if it's, if you can find it at both places, like then you can say that too, that's fine. Um, hmm. I generally too, at about 10 questions, if you're at 10 and you're still stumped, I'll give you a clue. Okay, and then at 15, okay. again, if you're still stumped, I'll give you another clue, so.
1: Okay, crap. Play? I got I to gotta think of something good.
0: Let me know when you got it.
1: <laughs> um. Okay, all right, whatever, go for it.
0: Okay, let me see here.
1: What's so I have to eyes? tell you if this is found specifically at the drop zone or not? Sure. Okay, no.
0: It's not just at the drop zone. Correct. It can also be at the tunnel.
2: Yep. Okay,
1: all right. Interchangeable. All
0: right, that does not count as a first question. And then we're going to flip flop, and I'm going to do. One uh,
1: yeah, I mean, it's found. I guess some tunnels.
0: Some tunnels, so not all tunnels. It could be at the tunnel. It doesn't necessarily mean it is at the tunnel. Correct. Okay. All right. Um, is it an electronic?
1: Nope.
0: Are you keeping track of the questions? I am now. <laughs> <laughs> uh i will abuse all the questions so if you don't I bet. okay it's not an electronic
1: nope
0: okay um does it go in the airplane no is it made of fabric no uh, can i wear it
1: nope
0: okay so it's not here then <laughs> not here got it all right um is it made of metal some okay. of them some of them kind of okay <laughs> kind of is part of it <laughs> is part of it made of metal yes Okay.
2: Yep.
0: partly metal does it get used every day on the drop zone yep do students use it they could they could okay and you could find it at a tunnel huh some tunnels some tunnels i don't know what that means some tunnels <laughs> Is it heavy?
1: No, not that heavy.
0: Is that a packing tool? Nope. No? Okay. Well, that's my tenth one. Clue, please.
1: Yeah. How the hell can I give you a clue about this? Mm.
0: I'm sure there's someone screaming listening to this right now and being like, oh my god, <laughs> it's this.
1: No. Uh man, everything that I tell like can think of is just gonna you're gonna get it immediately. Um some skydivers choose to never use this an rsl no but that would have been a good one
0: <laughs> all right so some oh
1: that even goes perfect with my clue yeah some oh! people uh, is it made um... of paper no
0: oh fuck all right it's not a log book <laughs> fuck all right um hey,
1: that would have been great too
0: is it located in manifest
1: it could be but not specifically there
0: you don't wear it it's not an electronic. It stays on the ground. It doesn't go up in the sky. It's partly metal. It's not made of wood. It's not made of paper. It's used every day in skydiving. It's not wood, not heavy, not a pack into an RSL or a logbook. Students could use it. What do they use? Uh, I guess anymore? I don't know. What?
1: Maybe know you. What? here's another clue use might not be the right word.
0: <laughs> what is the right word? <laughs> <laughs>
1: If I tell you, you're going to get it immediately.
0: My guess is that somebody t- uses it for students. Somebody teaches or teaches with it. Is it a teaching tool?
1: <laughs> no. Okay. I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm going to get this.
0: Yeah, you are. Damn. This is a good one. Um, does it stay inside the building?
1: No. No, it does not. No. Sorry. You could, that took you me could way You could too. move
0: it. You could move it is what you're saying. He like you could take you, it outside. Yeah, it's
1: not specific to the drop zone. <laughs> I mean, Wait. like it happens at the drop zone.
0: Is this a a thing or is it an activity?
1: Uh, Sean. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it's, (laughs) it's, uh, yes. It's a, I don't even know. It's a a thing. It's a thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did I just waste my 14 questions? My God. All right.
1: It's a thing, but I, uh, feel like you're gonna yell at me when you tell me or when I tell you (laughs) because
0: am I at 15 now yes ask a 15th question tell me another tell me another
1: tell me another clue Mm, I think that you shouldn't think about it at the tunnel because it's so it's there so infrequently and it's only at very specific tunnels all right, fine. I'll give you one clue. Colorado Springs. I've
0: never been to Colorado Springs. Tunnel. <laughs> is it used in packing?
1: Nope.
0: I don't
2: know. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what this is. More.
0: I am stumped, bro. I don't even know what question to ask next. That's the problem. This is so abstract. This has got to be something yeah. super specific, dude. Um... Is it a training harness?
1: Nope.
0: It's not a training harness.
1: Um, I think I may have, I think now I'm going back on my it's a thing. It's hot. (laughs) Because it kind of is, but you can't hold it in your hand. (laughs) (laughs) I know. So I guess maybe it's more of an activity, but I wouldn't describe it that way either.
0: I'm gonna finish this, but I'm not gonna count this at all as a loss because good God, man. Everyone. I know. All right. I know. Didn't understand the rules of this game, Sean. I guess not. <laughs> um, is it after hours or during jumping hours during the day?
1: It's after hours. After hours. Well that
0: fucking slims it down. Uh is it debriefing a video?
1: No, but that is creative. <laughs>
0: an activity um jeeps all right uh you got one more right you
1: one more <laughs> you want me to i can ooh, i don't know
0: you need another clue let's see how let's see how hard this is you're like you're gonna right. get it like clearly clearly you earn, this. It.
1: <laughs>
0: you earn this oh i earn it mm-hmm. that's the clue okay uh, a rating
1: nope that's 20
0: all right what is it
1: Beer fine.
0: Oh, good God.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. That's fair. I didn't know how to answer that if if it's an activity or a
1: thing because I'm like. The the made
0: of metal. What? It's partly made of metal. No, bro. Okay.
1: So that after I I was like, oh, I feel kind of bad, but I was thinking about the beer. (laughs) I'm like trying to give you a clue. I'm like, I mean, not the fine itself, but the beer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so how did I do is that, that
2: is no? real
0: fucking abstract dude and I, 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 I don't know I don't know because some of these ones that I wrote down I'm like some of these don't quite land okay
1: fair enough yeah I don't know I apologize. it was the first thing I thought of and that's why I was like all right well oh and I said Colorado Springs because Colorado <laughs> Springs has a bar and yeah
0: okay.
1: and you can earn a beer fine okay. there okay
0: i did not know that i think that might be the only tunnel that you can do that at at least the only one i've never heard of that's uh,
1: why i was like oh <laughs> shit. i'm like i mean it is at some tunnels but not most
0: all right okay okay i don't know jury's out on that one man that's uh, uh i don't out. know if that qualifies we'll, we'll wait until see until people uh listen and then they can judge whether or not guys, that's beer legit fine is
1: a big thing at the drop zone
0: <laughs> but whether or not the rules like applied on that one not even necessarily not like the beer fine itself like yeah that's a great that's a great one but like you misled I think uh on a few of those few of those okay, guesses like
2: <laughs>
1: fair enough because at first I was thinking more about the beer itself and I should yeah. have been thinking about just the fine yeah that's my okay. bad
0: that's okay don't all hold right. it against me you, li- you live and you learn you're fine all right I got one
1: okay Yep. boom uh does it go in the air or stay on the ground both it stays on the ground well it, it okay. can
0: it can be on the ground or in the sky
1: okay um is it part of your gear it is a piece of gear is it the same size for everyone no oh, man <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying not to waste my questions just want to fire them off. Uh, is it something that, like, an individual skydiver owns or the drop zone owns?
0: Individual skydiver. <laughs> I can hear you scratching away while you're writing Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, different sides, both the ground and the air. An individual owns it. Does every skydiver have one of these? No. Is it electronic or not? No. Is it bigger than your hand or smaller? Smaller. Is it uh, your cutaway handle? Nope. (laughs) So does that count as one of my questions?
0: Yes, of course it does. It counted for me. It's going to count for you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, fair enough. Um, Is it part of your deployment system? No. And I was talking about your main ore reserve. Yeah, no. Oh, I get a clue. Now. Oh, no, I got to ask one more. Shit. Oh, hey, puppies.
0: Sunny. funny.
1: Um, to hold hands. Is it specific to the drop zone?
0: Yes. I won't count that as a question because I was supposed to say it up front. Okay. Um, yes, it's specific to the drop zone.
1: God, I hope you edit this shorter.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll take all this extra space out.
1: All right, beautiful. Hold on. Let me crack a thinking white cloth.
0: <laughs> you and ryan man
1: you guys mm-hmm. love those
0: fucking claws
1: hell yeah shout out to ryan um
0: you know hey so mm. really quick do you ever notice like yeah. do you know what do you know what ryan's catchphrase is he's gonna laugh when he hears this you know what it is do
1: i know what his catchphrase is yeah no i don't
0: Because look so what here's is the it? deal here's the deal here's the deal so here's <laughs> the deal he says it all the time Oh, <laughs> well, here's the deal so here's the deal here's the deal but here's the deal guys but here's the no deal. I <laughs> <laughs> no but no, here's the deal Ryan.
1: Ryan I love you she's being mean
0: uh, I love you too Ryan <laughs> and the only reason I'm bringing it up is because I've told you it before <laughs> I've pointed it out
2: before
1: <laughs> oh boy um okay specific to the drop zone it's not part of deploying it's smaller than your hand made of metal
0: yes part of it is I guess part partly yeah
1: Okay, I get a clue now, right? I yeah. gave you one.
0: Yeah, it's a piece of specialty gear.
1: Oh yeah, not every jumper has one, that's right. So I should have thought about that.
0: <laughs>
1: is it for tandem skydiving?
0: For doing a tandem?
1: Like, is it specific to tandem skydiving? No. Uh, All right. okay. right. I'm back. Um, <laughs> and it's made of metal?
0: Part of it is, yeah. I don't know how much i should be
2: helping you i know right
1: (laughs) you already said that when i asked um is it a gopro mount
2: nope
1: (laughs) (laughs) i really want to win this oh man i can't think of a good question to ask if if you were wearing it if you were a jumper that was or I not I guess not even wearing, but if you were a jumper that was using or wearing or whatever it is, um and you had it on you, could I see it? Is it visible?
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Is it the the housing that your cable your cutaway cable runs through? No
0: specialty year bro specialty <laughs> i
1: know that's true yeah
0: every jumper uses that every jumper
1: that's a good point um
0: <laughs> i can't wait because you're gonna kick yourself you're gonna be like Aw. i know i'm gonna beat
1: my <laughs> i hate this i hate this so
2: much
1: <laughs> I yeah i was way more cruel i'm guessing um is it attached to you when you're yeah. using it yes all right i just asked that for my freaking my clue
0: it is typically used for working skydivers it doesn't mean that it can't be used for non-working skydivers but you see it most often with working with working skydivers
1: is it a handy cam
0: it is not you're gonna be done with that white claw by the time we're done with the (laughs) game. no shit Uh, supposed to be right. a thinking
1: white cloud supposed to help um
0: four questions
1: i know um is it a uh i mean i can't believe i didn't ask this but is it an altimeter like a one of those no god i'm sorry to all you people listening i know exactly <laughs> what it is <laughs>
0: <laughs> to be fair i don't know i don't know if a lot of people will get this because again specialty gear It's like a, it's a special kind of gear, uh, or it's a special, it's a specialty piece of gear. Um, not everyone uses it, so a majority, a majority of skydivers will probably not get this, to be honest. Really? Set it up specifically for you though, so really. God,
1: turns (laughs) out I'm exactly as I suspected—an average skydiver. Um, set this up for me? And you see it on working skydivers mainly? What the? Huh? Is it a belly band? Nope, I'm gonna be so pissed when you tell me what this is. <laughs> <laughs> mine
0: is actually a thing too. Yeah, it's not an I... activity. It's not like it's not a. It's, uh, not a it's an actual physical thing that you can hold in your hand. You can touch it. Like Not an abstract concept. Yes.
1: It's <laughs> the first thing I thought of, all right? Um, <laughs> Somebody
0: this. somewhere is like, I think I know what this is. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this is what
2: this is.
1: <laughs> Help me, person out there. Um, <laughs> mm, I can't even think of anything else to guess uh
0: okay let me clarify something maybe this will help a little bit so when i say specialty gear i mean it's not like it's something that not every skydiver uses that's what i mean by special is that it's got it pretty infrequently used amongst the skydiving community as a whole um it's not like it's like a a thing that costs a bunch of extra money or is like a foreign you know brand it's like it's just something that you don't see very often amongst the collective group of skydivers
1: partially made of metal that's like what i can't (laughs) i can't get because i'm thinking okay (laughs) i'm just gonna make a guess is it booties like i was thinking booties on like a booty suit not
2: but nope
0: yeah, folks, this is how hard he's thinking. He's leaned back all the way in his chair. His foot <laughs> is up on the table. And his I'm hands are to his the lips ceiling. just being like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> he is not letting this last question go to waste.
1: Appreciate the commentary. You're um, welcome. <laughs> okay, I got one guess. Okay. Is it a cobra clip?
0: It is not. What is a cobra clip?
1: All right. It's uh,
0: Is it like a sheer clip? Little-
1: It's the clip that keeps your belly band. Like you can have it in your belly band or like I added one to my chest strap.
0: Nope. That is not what it is. Uh, Now I know though. That's fun. Uh, Are you ready? You ready for what this is? Uh, So I went and looked at, while you were guessing, I looked at your Facebook profile and at some of your photos. Oh my God. I went to, I went to see if it, if it was on any of your gear. And I think this is maybe why it's so difficult. Because you're not wearing one in any of the in any of the photos I've seen, uh. So it's not electric or uh. What 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 were the questions? It's not electronic. It was it's made. In a, of, it's in the
1: air. It's, it's in the, the air and gear. on the
0: ground. It's a piece of gear. You wear it. It's smaller than your hand. It is each
1: guy ever has their a different size. Or yep, everyone that sizes. uses it,
0: it's it comes in different forms.
1: I guess comes not, in different sizes. Not every jumper, not electronic, small in your hand, not a cutaway. Not part of your deployment system. It's specific to the drop zone and not the tunnel. It's made, partially made of metal.
2: Working Skydivers use it. Not specific to
1: Tandem. Working Skydivers use it. Not a GoPro mount.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Visible if you're wearing it. Yeah. Not a cutaway. It's attached to you. It's not a handy cam. Not an altimeter. Not a belly band. Not booties. Not a Cobra clip.
0: It's a ring sight.
1: (laughs) Oh my God.
0: (laughs) i went through what you were guessing about halfway through it about like number 10 and i was like does he even wear one and i was like i I don't see it oh
1: that's so good yes yes i do have a ringside on my i don't wear it (laughs) typically for tandems but anytime i put a big camera on my head i put my ringside back on oh that's so
2: good how did i not think of that
1: the
0: the different sizes one was the only one where it was like like it they generally are all the same size but i guess it changes yeah. depending on whether or not you do like the extra arm on it or if it's a fixed yep, one or if it's yeah
1: man
2: yep i did not one. think of it that I, is a I was really like, good one he's been
0: talking about camera flying this entire time like yes i know like, he'll <laughs> oh get God. this this will be good and I'm like oh wow he's not getting it okay wow well maybe some other day we'll play another game yeah maybe with a group of people we'll get ryan on here and
1: Hell yeah play with
0: the two of you guys and let you guys team up and see if you can get it so
1: yeah we gotta try and beat the master mine yeah. was too <laughs> misleading for me to feel good about it
0: <laughs> well we'll do round two no worries no worries at all thanks for playing that was fun yeah it was a good time nice Gosh,
1: dude, i should have definitely got that <laughs> it's
0: all right don't feel bad to be fair though you are the first person that hasn't gotten it hasn't gotten the clue. <laughs>
2: Of course. So far,
0: so. Of course. <laughs> we'll give you another chance to redeem yourself later. Don't worry about
1: it. A whole bit better at Scott having an abstract puzzle.
0: <laughs> All right. Sean, um, thank you for spending a couple hours here with me and talking, letting me and everyone else listen, uh listening, getting to know you a little better. Like, thank you. It's really appreciated. Yeah. Um, uh, especially again, complete stranger. So you like you said yes to this and like not knowing what to expect. So
2: Oh, All it was fun. Cool
1: good 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 i knew i was gonna um, enjoy hanging out with this guy for a few hours come
0: on <laughs> um all right uh i can't wait to be out there this summer to get to know you guys or you and new folks and participate in some new sh- summer shenanigans in a new location it's gonna be a lot of fun that being said though we're gonna leave it here okay so thank ever thank you everyone for listening awesome um thank you sean again keep it safe keep it fun and blue skies guys
2: Bye y'all.